Hello there, and welcome to the uh, first full-length episode of the World Food Experience. I'm your host, Cal Leach, and today I'm very excited to bring you Italy. Okay, let's kick it off. I'm very sorry. I think there is a little bit of um, interference noise, but I'm trying to get that sorted. So we're going to kick it off today with, uh, yeah, Italy. Italy. It's... World-renowned for its food and wine. For Italians, it, food isn't just nourishment; it, it's life. Gathering with family, friends to share the experience, to celebrate life and good health, with a tink of the glass and a look in each other's eyes—ah, amazing! In Italy, different regions have different spins on their food and cuisine and their daily rituals. And some don't have the same ingredients. Um, for instance, the north and the south, they have different ingredients they use for their dishes. Um, the north uses butter and the south mostly use olive oil. Local markets are frequently visited by locals, finding the seasonal fresh produce as opposed to supermarkets with year-round options. In summer, for instance, we all have beautiful juicy tomatoes which they would turn into a delicious passata for all-round use. Okay, so we're going to start off with the butter paradox. <laughs> um, some say Italians don't use butter. Butter is for French cuisine, which isn't exactly true, so to speak. Olive oil is the undisputed foundation in Italian cooking and food. Olive oil is life. <laughs> but... Butter is used more so in the northern parts of Italy to make beautiful velvety risottos, stuffed pasta dishes and other food delights. But in central and southern Italy, if you can imagine me doing the hand, Italian hand gesture, oh, olive oil is the king, baby. Ah, yes, the humble olive. I particularly don't enjoy olives, but I love using olive oil in dishes and food. Olive oil is life. <laughs> To a degree, but they are staple. It is a staple in Italian food, from salads, pasta dishes, tapenades. There are so many different varieties of olives, each with unique flavors. Oh, and this isn't the olive oil podcast, but it is just such an amazing, versatile ingredient used in Italian food, and it deserves quite an honourable mention. Straight from the tree, they can be eaten, but they are quite bitter. I grew up on a fruit block and we had olives and I know firsthand thinking they were a delicious fruit. But once you brine them, they can be salty or sweet and mild in flavour. And now we're going to move on to the garlic conspiracy. You see, for some reason, everyone I've ever talked about or mentioned Italian food, they always say, use a teaspoon or a few cloves of garlic. Well, fun fact, it isn't used that often and very sparingly in quite a few Italian dishes. And it is not as heavy-handed as the Western culture would um, use in their version of Italian food. It's often a more milder experience, not leaving us with the dreaded garlic breath before a date. <laughs> in America and Australia, I feel garlic is intertwined with Australia... <laughs> Sorry with Italian cuisine, but it, it just isn't the way we see it, is it? The smell of garlic and the stink of poverty from author John Dickey's publishing. Garlic was cheap 
and abundant and would flavor less desirable ingredients than when in scarcity. So who came to America and Australia? The wealthy, the wealthy Italian men and women? No. The poverty-stricken families trying to come to the land of the free in Australia, they would use garlic more often as it was cheap and tasty and it became a significant presence in Australian and American Italian cooking, the cooking in Australian and American we know today. And what is the deal with garlic bread? Why do I want more bread with pizza? Who invented it? Where the hell did it come from? Funnily enough, it was derived in Italy from bruschetta. My mouth is watering thinking of fresh, a fresh baked piece of Italian loaf rubbed with garlic and drizzled with a little bit of olive oil and a flick of salt. But now, every single pizza shop I've ever been to in Australia besides authentic Italian restaurants serve a log or slices of baked bread filled or smeared with garlic butter. While tasty, it's far from the original mouth-watering bruschetta of its origins, but it was a simple way of struggling Italian immigrants to get a taste of home, that warm hug of garlic and bread, and this has adapted its way into our Western view of Italian food. Okay, we're going to jump into a bit of their, their cooking. Italian food is simple. Kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. It uses fresh ingredients, and that's it. And a whole lot of love. For me, personally sitting down to a plate of spaghetti alla carbonara, it's, it's so simple. There's hardly any ingredients. I think there's five. But the feeling I get when I'm eating, holy shit, that is amazing. The comfort, the warmth, the texture, amazing. Every chef or cook has their own way to it, a way of doing carbonara. But there is some rules you stick to. There's no cream in carbonara. Yes, no cream, right? Like, you would think there'd be cream. And you use guanciale, very thinly cut. It's pig cheek, and it's seasoned. And the fat turns to oil. The only need you, thing you need for that beautiful sauce is beautiful eggs, pecorano cheese, pepper, and you mix that together with a little bit of pasta water in the egg mixture and you add that to your pasta and oh my god bit of pepper on top blistimo let's do the count though pasta eggs pepper that's three ingredients guanciale four Ooh, what am i forgetting there's five but i'm forgetting one my experience of italian food was awful as a child Franchise or frozen pizza and my mother's take on spaghetti bolognese growing up. Oh my god. I, it, it was horrendous to say the least. And I went to school with Italian friends. And when I was invited over for dinner. Oh my days. The food was incredible. Fresh baked bread a few times a week. The entire family would sit at the table and eat together. This beautiful pasta and bread. The bread, non-buttered, no olive oil, just to mop up the delicious remaining sauce on the plate. A true humbling experience with good people and amazing simple food. These days, what are meals to you? What do you think is suitable for breakfast, lunch and dinner? A cafe latte and a sweet biscuit or a pastry? A piece of fruit? A coffee? When in Italy, if you order a coffee, 
Oh, sorry. If you were a cafe, it's actually a shot of espresso. So do your research on what coffee you want and how to order if you are heading to Italy. Also, fun fact, a cappuccino isn't Italian. It was created in Austria. <laughs> it's also a myth. Italians don't drink coffee after 11. An Italian breakfast is quite light compared to, say, an English breakfast. In It's really each to their own. But from the information I've found, a very common breakfast in Italy is a cornetto or a croissant filled with cream, custard, jam, and accompanied by coffee, or alternatively, a biscuit or cereal. Something nice, light, and sugary. Sounds pretty good to me. Some caffeine and sugar to kickstart my day. Nothing too heavy. It's worth noting, though, that cereals aren't, cereals aren't traditionally Italian, but the introduction of them to Italian culture through advertising has brought them across the sea. Common names for some of the biscuits, pastries... For Italian breakfast is uh, cornetto, an Italian croissant, simbala, uh, Italian donut, a socotino, a pano di chocolate, a ventaglio, a pastry, a bomba, an Italian crepin. I probably butchered all them, but hopefully, hopefully not. If I have, let me know in the comments. But in saying that, in North Italy, it's completely opposite. You can have a character of cured meats and cheese for breakfast. It just changes region to region. What do you think you would prefer? And obviously, <laughs> kids aren't having coffee. They would have a cocoa milk or a milk. I wonder what age kids of Italy get the taste for coffee. I love it. I drink my coffee black and long or short. The intensity and twang is a sensation. Typical Italian breakfast times are between 7am and 10.30. Traditionally, Italians don't have brunch either. Now let's move on to lunch. If you have any questions, feel free to inbox my Instagram at the World Food Experience. Lunch is the most important meal of the day, according to Italians. Starting with a first dish, a primo, a pasta, risotto, a soup, and a second dish, a secondo, a frittata, or a meat-based dish, or fish. A complete traditional Italian lunch is four courses. There's, and they're also accompanied by a side of vegetables, piece of fruit, and generally with bread. There will be a mid-morning and afternooning snack with a panini, which is a sandwich, or a piece of fruit, or something small. Then dinner, supper, will be a repeat of lunch, the second most important meal of the day. But sometimes, not with the first dish, the primo, pasta, soup, or risotto. Unlike lunch, supper will generally be with close family members. So it would seem that pasta is an everyday staple in Italy, doesn't it? But you can't, can you imagine each day would be a pasta simply prepared and amazingly delicious? What about pizza? Where does that come from? How often is it in? Pineapple, eh? <laughs> Traditionally, no pineapple. Pizza dates back thousands of years to flatbreads with toppings in different Mediterranean cultures. But the pizza we know and love was born in Naples, Italy, on the west coast. The base with the sauce, cheese and various toppings born in Naples has some rules now to be an authentic pizza in Italy. It must be cooked in a wood oven fire, it must be hand kneaded and it mustn't exceed 35 centimeters in diameter. The flavour of authentic Italian wood-fired pizza is drool-worthy. The smell, the texture, I am salivating. 
pineapple on pizza <laughs> was done apparently by a Canadian man named Sam Penpoulos. There is a massive debate with it if it belongs on pizza, but each of their own, and with how different pizza varies in the world, it doesn't really matter, does it? If you eat what you like, if it smells good, eat it. The American pizza, though, pizza being introduced with the arrival of Italian immigrants to America and Australia, apparently 13% of American popu population consumes pizza a day. America has so many variations. I prefer authentic wood-fired pizza. A margarita is my kryptonite. An amazing combination, simple, delicious, timeless classic. But it's... America has many variations. Distinct regions in America. They have a Buffalo pizza, a California pizza, a Chicago pizza, a Detroit pizza, a Greek pizza, a New Haven pizza, New York, and St. Louis styles, and even more. And they include deep dish stuffed pockets, each with their own twang and twist. The new, the, sorry, the new York slice is light on sauce, heavy on cheese, with minimal toppings. Big white slices encourage folding with a crunchy yet malleable base. The Chicago deep end is not something for the light-hearted, being an inch or two thick with like a short buttery crust. It's basically a cheese sauce pie and you eat it with a knife and fork. It's a definite no-bueno for me, guys. Detroit pizzas are baked in square blue tins from the automotive industry. It is a deep pan pizza, big and fluffy with crispy crust and very saucy. I like the sound of this. A St. Louis pizza is a thin cracker-like crust with a thin and crispy. And they use a sweet sauce with regional cheese, Prevel. Ends up like cheese and crackers and it's cut into squares? I'm not going to go into every kind of pizza. I think I, I may die of old age if I continue. What do you think you prefer from the few I listed? Also, note there are traditional pizzerias in America, but each region has their specific thing going on. In Australia, pizza is actually a bit weird. You can get an authentic wood-fired Italian pizza, which is my favourite, or just pizza. Which is franchises like Pizza Hut, Domino's, small locally owned pizza shops which use a handmade base, topped with tomato sauce and cheese, and then they throw anything on. A meat lover's pizza is pizza with barbecue sauce and all the meats. A cheese pizza, a Hawaiian, which is ham and pineapple, a pepperoni, which is just pizza with pepperoni on it. Very basic and different styles depending shop to shop until you find one you really like. And they all taste different. Everyone has their own ways of doing it. How often is it eaten in Italy? Well, funnily enough, it's the same as we consume it all over the world. Really, once a week, once a month, with family, friends, out and about. It is estimated over 1 million pizzas are eaten per day in Italy. It definitely won't be dying out anytime soon. In Italy, you generally won't see franchise pizza chains though, <laughs> due to lack of quality. And the local pizzerias are doing a far more better job for the locals. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I hope I get better and better as we progress. Until next time, my friends, enjoy your week. And if you like it, don't forget to share. We'll be tackling the UK in the next episode.